0: What's going on, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. Mike Bauman with you guys as always. I really appreciate you guys checking out another episode, tuning in another week, wherever you are listening from, however you're listening to this. I really appreciate you guys staying on board the crazy train here of Bauman's Breakdown. Got a really fun one today. It's Friday. Friday's my favorite day of the week. It really is the best day of the week. I don't care what if there was like a survey on best days of the week, Friday would be number one. I mean, some people might say Saturday. Uh some of the college kids might argue for Thursday. For Thirsty Thursdays. But Friday Friday's the best day of the week. Friday's the best day of the week. I mean Saturday's nice, but then you got like Sunday, you know what I mean? And it's like ah we got one day left in the weekend before Monday comes, you know. Friday, it's like listen, you got two days to to do whatever you want to do after today. That's why it's the best day of the week, you know. I mean, think about Friday. Thinking about when, when you go to work on Friday, you're like, it's Friday, man. Tomorrow, I can either sleep in. Tomorrow, I can do whatever I want. I'm off. I can sleep in. Unless you work part time in retail like me, and then you probably got to work on Saturday. But even still, even still you still got the weekend ahead of you. Friday's the best day of the week. I don't care what anybody says. But this episode is not really about Fridays even though I've had a pretty good week. It's not about Fridays. It's about music. That's what we're all here for, kids. It's the music. And this week we've got another very talented unsigned band, a band that I checked out. They actually they followed me on Twitter. I say it all the time on here, you know. Um you know, there's there's a lot of independent artists that, that uh, you know follow me on Twitter for whatever reason I don't know why I, I don't know I'm nuts I don't know why they follow me on Twitter um, but in all seriousness these guys followed me on Twitter a little while back um, and they have a huge huge following and uh, you know for, for being a band that that doesn't you know is, is doing pretty much everything on their own right now I mean these guys have really developed a, a loyal following and I checked out their their first full-length album Rise of the Voiceless. Really enjoyed it. Really liked it. Definitely could hear their influences on it, but you could also hear just the talent and the diversity of of what they're bringing to the table. And that band is unparalleled. Height hailing from the greater Pittsburgh area in Pennsylvania, and I really wanted to get in touch with these guys and put them on the show. You know, um, you know, like I said, w- with the where I'm at right now and the situation that I that I've been in in the last. Little over a month, month or so. Oh, I think I just got a text. I don't know if you guys can hear that. But uh, you know, I, I was thinking, man, it'd be really cool. You know, I love sharing music with people. But but it's always a pleasure when, when you can kind of um you know, share music of a band that's really talented as these guys are and really motivated as these guys are. And as you'll hear in this interview, you know, these guys uh have have really really grand aspirations, you know, and, and really, really big goals for what they want to accomplish. And um, it's it was really cool to to get to talk to them to get to know them a little bit, and uh, you know to talk about their music, but also just kind of their vision. And 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 really, I think what's cool about these guys is their their lyrics are are pretty pretty powerful and pretty motivating and pretty uplifting. And um, I think that that is kind of a hard thing to do. I mean, the guys that I talk to that you'll hear from today from Unparalleled Heart are lead singer David Kelly. And lead guitarist C.J. Mash Antonio, who joined me, as well as Bubbles the cat that they actually rescued when they were in D.C. for a show last week, and there was a little kitty running around the streets of Pittsburgh. And actually, it looks like my uh the the kitten version of of my my cat Charlie, aka Chucklebutt, who you guys have heard about on this show before. If you don't like cats, at this point, you might as well just tune out. So hopefully hopefully Dave and CJ didn't think I was a weirdo cat dude because I talked about my cat for like the first minute of the show because I was like, oh, how's Bubbles doing? But they're nice guys too. So it was me, CJ, Davo, and Bubbles, and we discussed their album. We discussed what they're trying to go for musically as far as their next record which they're working on right now, as you guys will hear about, and uh, it was just it was just really fun, you know, really fun talking to these guys, you know, um, you know, like I said, it's it's really cool to be able to to uh, to kind of have some some underground and, and, and unsigned bands on here, and these guys really to call them underground is 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 really kind of incorrect because when Rise of the Voiceless came out, to give you a little background, on these guys are very young dudes, they're in their early twenties. I mean, there's not much life. You know, in between, you know, I'm 27. These guys are 21. So there's there's some life experiences in there. But these guys are young guys. They started. Uh, they they they've been buddies for a, for a while. You know, these guys in the band have all known each other a long time, and they they all got into music pretty young. But they didn't they didn't start to get into heavier stuff till till they were a little bit older. And like I said, you can hear influences in their sound for sure. You know, bands like Avenged Sevenfold, Bold for My Valentine um but there's also some like old school thrashy elements and into to the riffs um there there's some really really uh really cool kind of um I'm trying to find the right word in, in Rise of the Voiceless there's there's moments during the album where there's some more kind of atmospheric type stuff going on and uh you know slowed down elements you know um it's 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 really a combination of all these these different hard rock and heavy metal musical influences that these guys are blending together, which is really impressive when you consider their ages and, and just how young they are and how good they all are already on their instruments. You know, and, and Dave's vocals, as I mentioned, are are very um, very inspirational and uplifting, and that's something that before I went on a tangent uh, talking about my cat and, and bubbles, um, I was getting at, which is you know I, I always have really enjoyed you know hard rock and heavy metal music um but but i really do like the uplifting stuff too you know um you know Jesse Leach from Killswitch Engage i i really feel like on disarmed the descent was was really coming from that angle and and one of my favorite favorite heavy albums of all time um is alive or just breathing that's that's my favorite killswitch record i've said it on this show before and part of the reason i really love that record is not only because the music is so tight and so freaking awesome but because lyrically it's it is it's a very very motivating positive uplifting record and um you know he he did that again on disarm the descent i felt like for for real turning point one of my all time favorite uh, favorite switch tracks. So, so that's what I really, you know, noticed about this band was just how much they were mixing together on Rise of the Voiceless. And before Rise of the Voiceless, they had their EP Bridges to Nowhere in like 2012. So they were like, I don't know, probably like 18, 19 when that came out. Um, but, but Rise of the Voiceless made it to the top 30 on the iTunes metal charts when it came out back in 2013. And like I said, these guys are unsigned. They're, they're doing all this just, because of the love of the music and they and they have big aspirations for what they want to be as a band. You know, their their worldwide fan base now is is well over 200,000 people. They've sold music in you know a bunch of different countries as you guys will hear on this on this podcast. And and it's just it's it's just really really cool to see you know w- what appears to be really good young dudes who really love music and enjoy playing with each other and are are really motivated. you know. Um, like I said, if you listen to their stuff, I mean, you can tell how good they are. I mean, you, you got to practice. I mean, some people are naturally gifted, but you don't do what these guys are doing without practicing. All right. So I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. And I'm, I'm more than happy to to bring these guys to you if you're not familiar with them already, because I really do think there's some big things in store for these guys, you know, not only because of how talented they are, but because of how how uh, well adjusted they seem to be as people as well so without further ado i'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with david kelly lead vocals and cj mash antonio lead guitarist of unparalleled height here it is on, hey what's going on you guys how you doing pretty good pretty good Thanks for uh thanks for taking some time with me today, fellas. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem no problem, man.
0: So Dave Dave and C J CJ, how do you say your last name, man? I want to make sure I don't I don't butcher it when I record this thing.
2: Yeah, no problem. It's Mash Antonio. It's like mashed potatoes. Mash Antonio.
0: Mash Antonio, okay. Okay.
3: Yeah, Mash Antonio.
0: So the, the first thing I wanna ask you guys is how how's Bubbles the cat doing?
3: It's actually really funny. <laughs> we have we're hoping it right
0: now <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Now, she's, all, she's all tuckered up we were playing with her today so she's getting uh,
0: sleepy so she, she was right she, she was just on the streets of, of DC when you guys were there for a show
2: oh yeah it was crazy like we were this is like a uh, while after we are done we um, were just around the city looking all the sites uh, and this cat. Was like bushes, like there's nothing else around, like us and like, like homeless people, stupid and uh, this old cat just got and it didn't look like it was like, skinny, it didn't look like it was a known or
0: anything. We just took it in. Well, that was nice of you guys. I actually i got a cat, uh. He's, he's been with me half my life, Charlie. I'm, I'm 27 now, and he's, he's, he's thir- he was, uh, well let's see, I was 13. I was in eighth grade when we had him, so it's crazy. Well, I, I really do appreciate you guys taking the time. Um, I got a chance to check out your stuff, and I really did like it, and, and I'm, a, I'm a huge metal fan and, and rock fan myself, so when, when I saw that you guys were, uh, were getting ready to do this kickstart and everything, I really wanted to get in touch with you. Um, the first thing I just want to ask you guys was was how long have, have you guys been been playing music? I know the band's been together for four years, but how long have you guys um, been been into the heavier music, or when did it start for you guys? Uh,
3: the, the heavier. I mean, I've been playing music uh, I think since like third. I mean, as long as I could probably pick up like spoons and hit on pots and stuff, I think I've been playing music. But like, I started seriously like learning music and stuff when I was in like fourth grade, and I guess like for to the heavier stuff. Um, Started when we started this band So probably like Four years ago uh, I've been listening to the heavier stuff for a long time But like I know me and CJ um, Like the way we got started on like rock and metal Was by listening to bands like Van Halen And stuff like that Because me and him used to both play guitar I still do a little bit but uh, Yeah I mean like when we really started getting into like Modern metal stuff is like when we started uh, The band pretty much
2: Yeah basically what Steve said I started playing uh, guitar around uh, like 7th or 8th grade for me and uh, I played a lot of classic rock a lot of blues like Led Zeppelin uh, The Doors uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan uh, stuff like that and I slowly just kind of merged in the middle as I went to high school and went on and started listening to different types of music and uh, yeah I just loved it ever since I just play every day (laughs) my first actual instrument was playing trumpet in like 7th and 8th grade band (laughs) and uh, I just Thought guitar would be cool. Picked it up. I haven't put it down since. I just play every day. Uh, and uh, yeah, it just kind of evolves over time, I guess you could
0: say. Was there was there music in the household growing up for you guys? I mean, was it was it something that you guys were around, or did you just kind of seek it out on your own?
2: Uh, for me, not really. I'm actually like the only person in my family who really plays an instrument. I'm the only musical one, I guess you could say, when it comes to that aspect. But uh. Yeah, more or less, it's kind of just for me. I think Dave can agree.
3: Also, kind of yeah. like on his own too. Yeah, it's it's actually you know you. I think you, there's always like two situations. One is like you, for musicians, is like wanna oh, like my parents did it, so I kind of just picked it up. Um, and two is like I started my own thing with it. And I think that's for me and CJ at least. Um, we kind of like did our own thing with it. Like my sister played a little bit of music, but like nothing serious. And I think. Uh, you know, I grew up playing a lot of sports and stuff, but, like, once I got into music, I was like, "This is there's so much freedom in it, you know? So that's how we kind of got started with
0: it. What were the, the heavy bands that you guys got into initially? I mean, what, what kind of led you in that direction? Was there, like, a record or a band that, that really got you into it? And you're like, I have, to, I have to start going down the rabbit hole now and start checking this out.
2: Uh, for mm-hmm. me, I guess if you consider it heavy, uh, at the time, like, uh, I was to a lot of 80s metal, like Van Halen, uh, particularly the 1984 album. And uh, that really made me want to try to pick up guitar. And over time, bands like, you know, Avenged, uh, for Valentine, stuff like that, like I remember getting City of Evil by Avenged Stone for the album, and I was just in love with it. I love the technicality, uh, especially for the guitars. And uh, it really really made me want to be more adventurous uh, in my playing and to scope out different, different styles, different ways to, you know,
3: Really explore metal. Yeah, for me, um, the actual album I think that like got me started with like modern metal that kind of got me into like the, some of the heavier stuff is like uh, City of Evil by Avenged Sevenfold. Um, I remember actually I was in like sixth grade and Justin, who's the drummer in our band, was like, "Hey, dude, you gotta check out these uh, these guys. They're called Avenged Sevenfold. They're gonna be on the show called called TRL tonight on MTV." <laughs> and Justin was obsessed with the rev and like his playing style. So I watched them on that, and I'm like, wow, this is like nothing I've ever heard. So I ended up going out and buying that album. I was only like, you know, 10 or 11 years, maybe 12 years old at that point. And um, I just fell in love with how, like, different it was. Because like CJ said, I was listening to a lot of, like, classic stuff. And that kind of opened the door for me for, like, a Trey U, Bullfrog, Valentine, and bands like that. And I think those kind of bands were and like that time period is what really influenced our sound a lot.
0: And how did you guys come together? I mean, were you guys were you guys friends? Did you go to school together? I mean, how how did this, this collection of, of musicians come together?
3: Um, that's actually yeah, it's actually kind of cool. We were all pretty much except for our bassist because we found him later on. Um, all of us were in like sixth, seventh, and like eighth grade like concert band together. Like even like just in, in general, as friends. Even earlier than that, even like you know, yeah, like, I, first, knew, like, I knew I knew, knew, I knew Dave since like, yeah. second grade. Yeah, I've known CJ for a long time, and we kind of met, like, I, Tyler, our guitarist. Uh, I was in a band with him in, like, middle school. And then Justin, um, we were all friends, like, our original basis. Like, everybody knew each other for a long time. And it wasn't until, like, our junior high school, we really, like, we were just, like, jamming around. Like, we've been a band for four years, but, like, seriously being a band probably, like, two, you know, three, two and three years. So uh, we were all friends, and that's what makes it, like, really enjoyable like when we go to places on tour and stuff it's so easy for us to get along with each other because we're friends before we are a band and i think that's really important
0: when did you start singing dave like when you i know that uh you said the guitar was kind of what you started on first but when did you kind of discover your voice was that in concert band when when you guys were coming up
3: no i didn't (laughs) i didn't really start singing until about uh the start of the band to be honest with you um we kind of like at first, it was me playing guitar, CJ playing guitar, and Tyler playing bass, and Justin playing drums. And we kind of just like looked around the room at each other, or like who's gonna be doing the vocals. And I like at my house had been singing a little bit, and um, I just decided that I wanted to do it. for something that I wanted to do, so I really had to work hard to like learn how to do it correctly and stuff. And uh, so, I mean, for me, I've only been really a, truly a vocalist for four years, so I'm still like really learning my own
0: voice a lot so uh, it's been pretty interesting where where does the 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 positivity of your guys's style come from i mean that's that's something that you guys even talk about on, on social media with you know your your facebook and everything but also just listening to rise of the voiceless you guys um you guys seem to really kind of promote that in in your music with with sort of that uplifting quality um, where where does that come from and what, what kind of inspires you to to write in sort of that vein where you're where you're making heavy songs that kinda of have that, that type of message?
3: Yeah, I, I think um, I think for for me, um, it comes from a lot of like listening to some metal or just any music in general and listening to lyrics and I'll be like, Why doesn't this have any like meaning in it? And I'm not saying like every song has to be like that. We have some stuff that's like more story esque and everything, but to me it's like, music is one of the most powerful tools there is out there. Um, why would you not use it to either inspire people or other things like that if you feel passionately about it? Some people, when they write, they don't really care about that as much, but for us, I think we're like really about wanting to motivate people, and we realize in our genre, there's a lot of people that come to it for um, you know, support and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people, we get messages all the time, like, oh, like, you know, I'm really struggling with my life. I'm suicidal or this to that. And your music helps us. And for me, that's like the great, it being a songwriter and uh, lyric writer and stuff, there's no greater reward than that. I mean, I would rather have somebody tell me that than sell, you know, 10,000 albums or something like that. Like, to me, that's the greatest reward you can
2: have in my opinion. Yeah, I think in general, too, just, you know, we're kind of breaking the norm. Uh, you know just how lyrics typically, or I guess you could say, stereotyped are seen in metal. Like, if you listen to bands like you know August Burns Red, uh, The Color Morale, who have really like you know inspiring, uplifting, just meaningful lyrics. And I think to just add so much more power into whatever song or whatever you're playing. And you usually, I think it adds a lot to the whole, uh, our whole style and uh, just adds that. Just having that meaning really, really adds a lot.
0: Is it is it hard to write songs with a positive vibe? I mean, I, I gotta imagine that that in some ways that might be kind of a, a tough line to walk because you you wanna you wanna write something that that's heavy, but you also want it to not come off as like pretentious or, or cheesy. Like, is is it a, is it a tough line to walk, or, or is it pretty pretty seamless when you guys put them together?
3: Honestly, um, I don't think so at all. For, for me personally, everything that we're writing is something that I personally feel very strongly about. So, um, maybe for somebody else, it would be very difficult if they're like forcing themselves to have like a positive mindset with stuff like that. But for me, it's like, I know that we have a lot of people out there who are looking forward to having lyrics with that kind of music. So, to me, it's, it's very easy for me to do. Uh, for some other people, it might be difficult, but um, I'm sure it would be easier. I've never really tried this just sit down and, like, kind of write about, like, some fictional story or something. But, you know, for me, it's just, I feel very strongly I'm a very passionate person in general. I think the rest of the bands like that, too, that we want to just, that's our thing, you know. We want to make an impression on the music scene with our music. We also want to make an impression on the music scene with our lyrics and stuff.
0: As you guys are coming up with songs, is there uh is, do, do the lyrics come first, or, or, do, or does the music come first, or does it just kind of depend on the song? Uh,
2: a lot of the times, it's mainly just the music coming first. Like, what we'll do is uh, we'll be, you know, at our drummer's house, which is where we have practice, uh, jamming around, someone might have, like, an idea of a riff or something, and we try to get, you know, a lot of the structure down first before we really do anything with the lyrics uh, so much. Or some songs, though, we'll have a direction where we want this to be a very, you know, vocally-based or very... uh like in that, that regard, just more that direction, and the lyrics make take a bigger part in that in that regard. But more or less, we kind of all jam together as a band as a whole for a while before we do anything like that. Really,
0: what were some of your like uh like your earliest influences? I mean, you guys mentioned like event Sevenfold and, and getting into the heavy stuff, but like when you were when you were real little, like I I look back to like when. Like, when I started to get into heavy music, I have an older brother who's six years older, and he's in his early 30s now, so in the mid-90s, you had bands like Korn, you know, Machine Head, uh, Metallica was kind of changing their sound a little bit at, at that time when they had Load and Reload came out, but I wanted to be like my older brother, so that was kind of what led me in that uh, in direction, and I ended up kind of just finding that that was the stuff that spoke to me the most, but... When you were when you were younger what what were you guys listening to I mean do you remember kind of the stuff that even that even hit you as you were first starting to learn to play music
3: yeah I mean um I honestly the, the very first artist I remember that I ever listened to was, I don't know if you know this guy is this guy named like yawni he was like this big like um, this, <laughs> he's from like, Greece or something and he, he put on this like my mom ended up, ended up taking me to this huge show down, like uh, where our uh, local NHL team plays. And um, I remember seeing him, and I just love the fact that like there's all these people, I was only like five at this point, there's all these people playing in sync with each other. And I thought that was really cool because I'd never seen that before. And then like as I got older, um, kind of like Van Halen, um, my biggest band to get me into like rock and metal though was probably uh, Motley Crue. I listened to them a lot when I was in middle school. And, um, that kind of became, like, like I said, like the funnel into, like, the newer stuff, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I listened
3: to a lot of, uh, a lot of classic rock and, a, uh,
2: a lot of different bands growing up, like, middle school and just throughout, like, until this point now, like, I listened to Nirvana, uh, who else? Yeah, Van Halen, Motley Crue, uh, a lot of Rush, too, well, I listened to them a lot, too. And, uh, I think just each band I listened to kind of gave me a different perspective on how to go about, you know, with my, with my guitar playing or just uh, it kind of molded my visual direction from then till now and how I play and, you know, how to even add those different elements into our playing now to make each song unique. And yeah, I mean, I just listen to, to a lot of different genres and I still do from uh, back when I was growing up just exploring, to, exploring the music that, uh, that I know now. <laughs>
0: Now, Rise of the Voiceless. What what stuck out to me when I listened to it too was just you, you. guys had a lot going on. I mean, the the songs where you you guys have some songs that are like six minutes. There's parts uh, where there's uh, there's kind of more more atmospheric stuff going on. You like there's there's a couple of songs where you really you slow it down and and it's there's a, there's like a, especially like a um, Malevolence. End. It kind of starts to slow down towards the last few minutes of the song. Um, what was that like as you guys were actually like recording that and and coming up with with that record? Because um, because to me the production was great, but I, I just thought like wow, there's a there's a lot of stuff that's that's going on in this record.
3: Um, yeah, I think that album is like really interesting to me because uh, REP was like much heavier. I don't know if you got a chance to check that out versus that album, and like our newer album um, that'll be coming out is heavier too. But that album, um, we wanted to do something different with it. Uh, we wanted to just, like, do, explore all of our different influences. Uh, you know, on that album, um, a lot of the guys in the band listen to, like, Dream Theater. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with who they are.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. But,
3: and, like, other stuff like that. And those bands, even even band, Seven for that matter, those bands incorporate more than just, work, like, setting up your guitars, your bass, your drums, and just playing, like, live metal. We wanted that album to feel like it was more um, experimental, like with different kinds of sounds and stuff like that. And um, we were able to, to pull it off, I think, pretty well. Um, but, you know, the the new uh, the new album is a little bit, I, I shouldn't say a little bit heavier. It's definitely heavier. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. And, you know, with those songs, we just wanted to do something different. Like we wanted to make something much different, and I think we did.
2: Yeah, I personally believe it's still a... It's, uh... A uh, bit of an experimental album. Each song kind of has its own unique aspect that makes it a uh, that makes it its own thing. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, had like Dave said, we had a lot of different influences and uh, a lot of different mus- musical input from the members that uh, made it like the whole album, in my opinion, like a big journey and a very uh, very involved and a unique kind of album. <laughs>
0: Now, when you guys write, is is it Dave? Is it you coming up with, with pretty much all the lyrics? Or, or do you guys kind of bounce ideas off of each other?
3: Um, it's a lot of me and uh, Tyler, other guitarists, writing lyrics. Um, actually, um, for the last album, um, every time, I guess every time, like, we, like when we wrote the EP, we wrote the first album, now this one, the writing process has been a little bit different every time because I think you get better at figuring out how to write because for us, this is like the first time we've really ever written music with, is in this band. So um, we kind of learn like every time we've done it. And for this album, um, I don't know, the lyrics for me came a lot quicker. Like I thought of them as we were writing songs. A lot of times like I come up with a chorus or something and then touch it up when I got home.
0: What was it like for you guys to see that be in the top thirty of the the iTunes metal charts? I mean, was that was that? I mean, obviously that's got to be a good feeling. But when you guys actually saw that happen as an independent band, I mean, that's that's got to be pretty cool.
2: Yeah, we were pretty. I was pretty stoked. I was not really expecting that when, when that uh, initially happened. It was awesome. Uh, it was a cool feeling of accomplishment knowing that we were able to, as an unsigned band, just achieve that. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was
3: awesome. <laughs> I think for me, it was actually like like I felt. Um, very happy obviously but i was more of a testament i think to like our fans and the fact that they believe in us without us ever really coming and touring in their area because i mean the sales were happening all we last year we sold music in 50 countries and like almost every state in the u.s so you know to me that's like it really shows me like wow we have a lot of support and we haven't done that much yet in terms of touring and stuff so i think as we begin to start touring now and getting around to these places and stuff, and we're just going to see it grow and keep growing. So, to me, I was so happy, and I realized that that's the beginning of uh, what could be something very promising.
0: Yeah, and to go back to what you had, uh, what you had said earlier about about people on social media talking about the positivity of, of what you guys are doing and how it helps them get through stuff. I mean, you guys both, you guys both are, are young dudes. I mean, is that is that kind of? Um, I don't, know, I don't know if heavy weight to bear is kind of a, a tough way to put it, but it, when, when you're seeing people that are obviously responding to your lyrics, that's cool, but is that, um, is that a tough position to be in when, when, you're, when you're inspiring and you're just trying to write music?
2: I mean I think it's more humbling honestly seeing, uh, seeing the kind of feedback we get like I mean it really it really for me at the end of the night when I'm just lying in bed and like I go through the day you know, I take time on my day to get the messages and I see stuff like that. I think it's more or less, like I said, humbling, and it really op- opens up your eyes to like what people go through and also just how impactful that our music, and even in general music, can be in that regard. And uh, I think we're all really privileged in this band to be able to have that kind of uh, impact on people's lives in such a positive way, and, you know,
3: that's our main goal at the end of the day. Yeah, I think um, for me with that, uh, I kind of, I'm the type of person that, I kind of, this might sound weird, but I kind of like pressure. I think it brings the best out of me personally. Like, I would rather play in front of 20,000 people than 10. Like, I would rather have that pressure because I feel like I always do my best performances and stuff like that. So knowing, like, coming into writing this album, I think when people hear the lyrics on this album, like, if they thought our stuff was, like, had a lot of meaning before, it's like night and day, in my opinion. Um, I, from talking to people over social media, from talking to people when we met them and stuff and seeing how much it helped them it like brought even more of like motivation for me to get that much meaning in the songs this time because i think seeing that people appreciate that because you know a lot of bands and stuff they you know they love the music but they wish there was more lyrical content which is what we hear from people all the time and knowing that we're able to provide both the music that people like and that and pair it together i think makes something unique and it honestly I kind of thrive off of that
0: pressure knowing that people need that, I guess. Coming into the, uh, into the second record now, you guys are, are going to be doing this at um, or have been recording at Atrium Audio in Lancaster. What's, what's it been like working with, with Carson and Grant as guys who have, uh, who have also been in bands and kind of know what this is like? I mean, how, how's it been so far to know you've got experience with like August Burns Red, Texas in July... Ever clear? I mean, these guys have worked with a lot yeah. of people. What what have they brought to the table for for this uh, the second full length?
3: Well, first of all, I'll just start off by saying like they're the coolest guys in the world. Um, <laughs> they made us feel so comfortable like from the first day in because we our personalities are pretty goofy with one another, and they were just perfect match for that. Like we have we first of all we had such a great time with them. We actually have to go back there starting next Monday. But I mean, they have taught us so much um we went in there with the whole album pretty much written and uh but like the suggestions of stuff that they had for us and the way that we tracked the album and them talking about their experiences with those uh bands like you said like august Burns rise and stuff and all these other bands it was just i think it made us that much better and the album the production that i can i, I mean it's up to people whether they like it the actual music or not but the production is phenomenal i don't think anybody will disagree with that yeah they, i mean they definitely knew what they were
2: doing. Uh they're as professional as it gets uh they really got the smallest album that we're uh, that we're making as best as it can be and i'm really excited to see what's going to come out i mean they uh yeah they really made an impact on everything
0: are you guys doing this all while are you're like are you guys in school right now and everything too i mean is this is this all kind of happening like in the midst of just everyday life
3: um yeah it is i mean all of us have like jobs and you know some of us are in school and whatnot but uh Ultimately, this is what our career is going to be, so we're just, we're trying to balance it. I mean, I think that anybody that is in a band or is doing anything, like starting a business or whatever, it's the same type of thing. You have to be able to, like, spread your time out and your resources out to the point where you can do something like this. And um, honestly, for us, being an onside band, doing the things that we've done so far, is a complete testament to our fans. I mean... They support us, and I think they're the reason why we're going to be able to take this next step. Um, because Atrium is uh, going to help us, you know, make some more connections and stuff like that within the industry. So, um, and that's largely because we have such great support.
0: How did you guys pick them for uh, for this record? I mean, did they did they reach out to you, or was it kind of a, a mutual thing?
3: Uh, our friends and um If you haven't listened to them, you should go check them out. They're awesome. Uh, they had two albums produced there, and uh, we opened for Fiance back in like November of last year. And uh, I really, we really connected with those guys. I mean, they're very similar personalities, and like we have the same music interests and stuff as them. So uh, I love the production of their albums. And I asked them like, Hey, where did you guys get produced that? And they told me. And I had heard of A Train a long time ago, so I kind of felt like, Oh, you know what? We'll reach out to them. And I honestly, when we reached out to them, I didn't know if they would take us or not but they liked our music, they liked the direction we wanted to go in, so we ended up going to them, and I couldn't be any happier. Yeah, mean, honestly. I'm very happy we did that. It's for for many, many reasons. One of the best decisions we did, yeah. so, yeah, it's all going
2: well.
0: What, what would you say they've, they've brought to the table for you guys on, on this one? I mean, you, coming in with the music already written, I mean, what, what did they add to what you guys have, have done so far?
2: I mean, they really, uh, like Dave said, they had a lot of suggestions for it. You know, some of the, uh, some of the vocal ideas... Uh, some the leads with guitars just drums honestly a little bit of everything bass like everything they uh, just had a little uh, little suggestions that really you know would make that part maybe a little more interesting yeah. more in depth maybe even more simple for that matter yeah. for some parts and uh, they really just made, it, made each part the way it did to make that song as good as it can be really like they I
3: think when they came in there uh, when we went in there um, they didn't really know completely what to expect that we were going to do because we had the EP was a little different, and the um, album was a little bit different. And, they, and like the first day we were there, I remember them saying, like, you know, we get a lot of metalcore bands and like death metal bands and stuff like that to come in here, but you guys are, like, a true metal band. They were saying, like, we, we can really hear, like, the Iron Maiden influences, like the Metallica and stuff. So they really wanted to do the best they could with that project because they never really had anything like that. And the album is... Um, there's a lot of different elements to it. I mean, it's all metal, but there's different kind of you know metal elements to it. So I think they found that very interesting. And like, of course, I mean, I'm sorry, Grant um, worked with me on vocals. So I tracked all that stuff upstairs with him. And he would have suggestions like, hey, I have a way you could probably make this a little bit more catchy in the chorus or whatever. And it was little tweaks like that that took the songs in my opinion in like a nine and put them into like a 10. So I think every they, they made sure every song was just as good as the last one and like i said i could not be any
0: happier with it and you guys did a kickstarter uh which which you guys raised over four thousand dollars um i've known bands over the years who have used it and i think it is really a great tool to help especially independent artists i don't think people realize that like recording the songs is really only like one part of the production process there's so much else that goes into it um, and, and then, of course, if you want to make physical copies of the albums and, and make the artwork and do all that, um, what what was it like to, to see it kind of... I mean, it looked like it was kind of coming down to the wire there the last couple of days, and, and you yeah. your, fans, your fans came through. I mean, what was it like yeah, to see that sure. happen?
3: No doubt. Um, it was a little nerve-wracking. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the way Kickstarter works is, like, you could get almost... You let's say you had ninety eight percent of it funded, and you get that last two percent. You're not getting anything. Yeah, you could be like literally a dollar short. So we it. were a little bit nervous, but I, I knew in the end that people would come through, and we we worked pretty hard to get the. I last, mean,
2: during uh, that last week when we saw it was coming down the wire, that we we reached out to everybody. Yeah, like everybody we knew fans, friends, family, everybody, and yeah. through it all, we were able to achieve what we did.
3: Yeah
0: and and for you guys coming out of Pittsburgh I mean I'm I'm from Toledo it's it's a smaller town but uh very very blue collar very kind of working class um I've only yeah. been to Pittsburgh one time and it's it's just a massive massive city um what what is the the support like in in the rock and metal community there I mean are there good are there good venues for bands like you guys who are kind of coming there, up is there a good scene yeah um I
3: mean there's there's some good venues there it's uh I don't mean, know if you've ever you heard of Stage AE uh,
2: in Pittsburgh. A lot of big metal bands play there, and just a lot of big bands in their own. And we were had the privilege to be able to, uh, uh, you know, on know of the stages there at Stage AE, and I mean, it was a great sound. Uh, what else? There's also. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of different venues in Pittsburgh, and at least in my opinion, I think a lot of them uh, suit up the metal community and the other music communities as well uh, locals for locals as best they can.
0: I mean, is it is it competitive? I mean, obviously, you guys are trying to be the best band that you can be, but is there a camaraderie amongst bands in a similar vein of music? Or, or, do you, or is there that kind of, like, we want to be the best band in Pittsburgh?
1: Um,
3: I think we look at it more than, like, beyond kind of, like, the local area we're in. Um, because of the days, like, of social media and stuff like that, we don't really see ourselves as, like, a Pittsburgh band. A lot of bands, like, they'll focus their target audience, like, in the area. They want to be, like, a... Pittsburgh metal band but for us like you know like I said we sold music in like 50 countries last year we don't really I guess compare ourselves with people around the area because another thing too is there's a lot of bands that are like uh, metalcore and pop punk and stuff like that so those scenes are very good but the actual like metal scene in Pittsburgh there's not a ton of bands doing it so we don't really compare ourselves with that kind of stuff but we have a large following in in the area luckily
2: and with that said though I think that there are a lot of the bands like including us, we do want to be the best that we can be and every band wants to be the best that they can be too in their city. But I mean we also we still do we support a lot of the local bands that are still in here in here though because I mean they're all going through a lot of the same ordeals and whatever when it comes to like a local show or something like that. And uh, yeah, we try to have uh, all the support that we can for everybody in this in uh, in our city. And uh yeah.
0: Couple of fun ones before I, I close it out, fellas. And thanks again for for taking the time with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: No problem. Yeah, no problem.
0: What's What's the best show you've been to?
2: Hmm. Best show. uh it was, I guess more of a festival. And Dave, might I think you're gonna agree? Uh, I think that would be the Rockstar Uproar Festival. Uh, I forget how many years ago it was. 2011. Yeah, 2011. It was at First Niagara Pavilion, which is basically in Pittsburgh. And there's bands like Escape the Fate, Three ds Grace, Wolf uh, My Valentine, uh, Ben Sandler, uh, who well, Black Tide, Are Dying, and lots of others. And that was just one of the coolest things I've ever seen. There was like almost all my favorite bands, all our some of our biggest influences, all on one stage, in one area, and uh, just the power and the
3: uh, the show, and just freaking everything about it was incredible. Yeah, I think, like, that was the turning point for us as, like, people <laughs> being musicians. Like, dude, we have... Be, I remember me CJ and Justin were all there together and we are just like, do we have to do this? Like, <laughs> we, like that was such a moving day for me. Like, I, I was when I realized, like, this is what I want to do with my life. Like, so from there on, pretty much, it's been, like, the same direction in mind. And um, it's pretty crazy because I was only four years ago
1: yeah,
3: and I, I can't believe like how much we're starting to already do and have done in that short time period because for us we get sometimes we get a little impatient with like how long it takes to do stuff but then you gotta step back and go like I'm only 21 years old um, so yeah I'd have to pick that show too to be honest
0: how about who you look up to musically? I mean, is there is there a band or an artist that you've always uh, that you that you look up to, or somebody that um, maybe maybe you don't want to be like them, but just you have respect for how they carry themselves and the music they put out there?
2: Um, me, boy, there's a lot. It's always tough to answer these kind of questions. Uh, I guess since I'm a guitar player, I look up to a lot of the big guitarists in the metal scene. You no, know, recently, I've really been uh, looked up to people like Andy James. Uh, who else? Even though he's not with us anymore, Dimebag. Uh, Sister Gates. He's a big one. Uh, you know Steve I. Uh, Eric Johnson. I mean, he's not a guitar player, but he's a really a really talented uh, guitar virtuoso when it comes to that regard. And, uh, I think those guys, just seeing their ability and also seeing the impact they can put on stage, uh with their music, really motivates me to, uh, you know, take that extra step and just to be the best I can be as well.
3: Uh, personally, for me, in terms of like, vocalists and stuff, M. Shadows from Revenge 7 James LeBrie from Dream Theater, Miles Kennedy from Older Bridge, um, Brent Smith from Shinedown, um, Randy Blythe from Lamb of God. I mean, I could go on Howard yeah. from, you know, Killswitch. But I think, you know, ultimately... I look up to a handful of people, and um, that's kind of I guess created the way that I sing myself.
0: What have you guys been listening to lately? Any anything right now that uh, that you can't put down? That whether whether it's when you're working out or just in general, or and driving in the car. I mean, like what's what? What do you guys have playing?
3: Yeah, um, I'm been. I personally have really been into the two new Periphery albums, uh, Juggernaut, Alpha and Omega. I think. First of all, I wasn't really into, like, that, it's called, like, Djent, I guess. I wasn't really into that kind of music until I heard those albums, because um, I think they are so unique in the way that they write music. Uh, They are so talented. We sold them, we actually played with them out in Reading, and they're really cool guys and stuff, and the way that they're able to write, and, like, Spencer, that vocalist, is amazing. So I've been listening to them a lot.
2: Yeah, I guess I've been listening to a lot of, uh, like, all the the Remains, and their new album, You Things, uh... Mm -hmm. Trivium, who else? A Fines. a lot of uh, What else? Killswitch. I mean a lot of different bands, a lot of Dream Theater stuff like that.
0: What's the one song that that to this day never gets old when you listen to it? That still gives you like that same feeling the the first time you heard it.
3: Well, you know what? I, I'm going to have to go with an entire album for that one. Uh, City of Evil. <laughs> we listened to that whole album when um, we were going. I think to Philadelphia or something, and uh, we were all talking about like wow, you know, ten years later because I think it's a ten-year anniversary this year, and that album does not get old to me at all. So that have to go. I'm gonna have to pick an album for that one.
2: Yeah, I say that's probably the same for me too. If I had to pick a song, but I'm what comes to mind first, maybe maybe Bad Country. I don't know because that's I think that's one of the first songs I have ever heard by Avenged, and ever since I have, it's been uh one that I can just I can listen to it over and over again and never get tired of it but uh yeah the whole album definitely just like Dave said it's really a big mark on us in a
0: positive way now what's what's on the horizon for you guys as far as the rest of this year um do you guys have a timetable as far as the uh the album release touring um any any you know what what kind of direction do you want to go in I mean are, are you looking for labels do you want to try to stay independent I mean how what where's sort of the process of where you guys are at right now
3: um, actually, it's funny you ask that, because right now, we're not 100% sure, um, we would like to have a record label, um, because I think that's going to maximize your reach in terms of, like, marketing and stuff with fans, and honestly, uh, releasing an album independently, I don't think people understand how much really goes into that, unless you're, you've done it yourself, it's a lot of, uh, headaches,
1: <laughs> yeah. so,
3: I mean, we'll do it if we have to, um, but right now, um there's some stuff going on behind the scenes business wise. So because of that, we're not hundred percent sure we're gonna, when we're going to release the album. Um, we're shooting a music video, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. And then, uh, we're getting a van right now, um, with that Kickstarter funds that we got. And, um, because we're getting the van and stuff, we're going to be able to start touring a lot more. And I have a pretty good feeling about, uh, where this stuff's going to go business wise and in terms of touring and stuff. So, um, we're gonna try to get out there and play for everybody. Uh we have a lot of catching up to do in terms of where we have to go to play for our fans and stuff. So we're ready to take it on though. I mean, we've been waiting for years to get to this point to be able to like be on the verge of taking that next step. So yeah, I'm so hungry personally. So I really good. want to get out there and start doing so,
2: this stuff. Slowly but surely it's coming kind of along, just getting all the parts together right now and uh like Dave said, I mean this is all gonna be a reality soon. At least that's that's the outcome we that's the outcome we won.
0: What kind of advice have Carson and Grant given you guys through this through this process? As far as uh, you know, guys that have been out there and who have done it and who have toured and had success uh, and been on labels. I mean, what what kind of, especially being being a younger band as you guys are right now in your early twenties. I mean, what have have they kind of helped you not only obviously with the recording but kind of figuring out where to go with this thing? Oh,
3: yeah, I mean. Uh... I think they were. First of all, Grant was like really, really surprised when we showed him like how many Twitter followers and like Facebook fans and stuff we have, and he he was like really impressed with that. So he thinks we're doing it smartly, like we trying to you know build fans before you out and start touring and stuff like that. Because a lot of fans do it the other way around; they try to go out and tour and get fans that way. But um, they were impressed with that, and they think you know you sh- they're like you know take the album. And they'll help. They said they would help us because they have all the connections themselves and, you know, shop it around the labels and managers and stuff like that. Because ultimately, those, you know, labels and managers and stuff are going to have the connections to help you get on good tours and stuff. And the thing is, you know, for our fans is we, when we play in their cities, we don't want to just be by ourselves. We want to have and be with playing with other bands that they want to see too. So ultimately, um, you know, they, uh, this band from Ashes to New, uh, they produced, um, Signed with Lincoln Park's manager, and now they're in the fall, they're going on tour with Five-Figure Death, Death Punch and Plopper Roach. So for Atrium, that was like a huge, huge thing because uh, now their studio is going to get a lot more exposure. And, um, you know, so they're pretty confident in being able to, you know, market our stuff around too. So going to them, like I said, if there's any bands out there that are at that point, you know, I would strongly recommend them. Like I said, too, and they're great friends, too, you know. Um, so we've made a good relationship with them.
0: And, and one quick one that I that I almost forgot, because I'm always interested in how band names come about. How did Unparalleled Height come about?
2: Dave answered that best.
3: CJ always dumps it on me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not make it. Yeah, uh, basically, I wanted, you know, I think that name in itself represents what our band is about in general. It's about, you know, reaching... There's no way to say this without being a little bit cheesy, but uh, reaching, you know, your... Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Reach for the stars. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, basically, it's about becoming, like, the best you can be in whatever it is you want to do. Like, for us, we want to be the best metal band in the world. So, I mean, that might sound, you know, cocky or whatever, but I'll be honest with you, that's what we want to do. and We want people to have that attitude with their lives, too. And um, that whole—I don't know if you follow us on social media or anything—but that whole "rise with us" thing is about that. It's not meaning like, "Oh yeah, just come join us on our journey to becoming, you know, metal band or whatever." It's about those people in their lives, whether they're, you know, school teachers or carpenters or whatever they do, be the best at what you do, and that's what our name's about. And that's—I wanted a name to resemble that, and I think we got a good one to do that.
0: Well, Dave, CJ, Bubbles, thank you for. Uh Thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an eye on you guys for sure, and I'm, I'm really thankful you guys took some time with me today. What, what's a song we can give some people at the end of this puppy, too? I always like to share a little music. Do you guys have one that, that you want to give out there?
1: Yeah.
3: Um, I, we could send you a link or whatever, but uh, Straight Through Silence, um, the first song on our last album, is definitely one I would recommend. And then uh, we'll be having the new album at some point come out. I'm not exactly sure yeah. 100% when. But um, I'm, I'm sure people will find out about that one up social media. <laughs> so uh yeah, but strength
0: silence for sure. Cool. Well thanks again, fellas. I really appreciate the time. Stay in touch and uh I thanks again. I really appreciate it.
3: No problem, no, dude. Thank you for having us
0: on. We Thank really you. appreciate it. You're welcome anytime, fellas. You have a good day. You, you too, thanks. All right, take it easy. There you have it. That was Dave Kelly and CJ Mash Antonio, lead vocalist and lead guitarist respectively of Unparalleled Height out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Keep these guys in your radar because I think you're going to see more and more and more of them. If you want to follow them on YouTube, make sure you go to youtube.com. Just type in Unparalleled Height. Um, Their album Rise of the Voiceless is on iTunes their debut full length. You can also on YouTube just type in Bridges to Nowhere. That's up on there. Uh, I know CJ's got some some covers that he's done on there, and he's posted a lot of their songs. On Twitter, you can follow the band at twitter.com, UPH underscore official, and unparalleledheight.reverbnation.com on Reverb Nation, instagram.com forward slash official, and on facebook.com forward slash unparalleled height really enjoyed talking to these guys and and i'm really looking forward to like i said what what's in store for these guys in the future because they're just they're just good dudes you know and and i think at the base of it you know whether whether you're an independent band or you're a band like corn which is you know changed heavy metal and and not just metal but music in general you know 20 years ago a little over 20 years ago now actually when they came out their debut self-titled album just what a just what a what a shock to the system that was for the music world and how much things have changed since then i mean you know when you look at look at what they did to the seven string guitar and 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 what what that instrument was before you know they down tuned it basically as low as they could go and and you know turned it on its head i mean it it was just it it was just nuts what they did And, and i bring them up because it's like you know whether you're a band like that or you're a young band like these guys at the end of the day it's all about just just being good to other people you know whatever it is that you do whether it's music sports entertainment you know podcasting like i'm doing i got something crazy going on with a word doc right now while i'm trying to record this Ah, geez come on computer i know you can do it i know you can do it if you guys haven't noticed by now i ramble a little bit I ramble just a tad. But the reason I, I bring that up is because, you know, right now these are two bands at the opposite end of the spectrum, right? When you got corn and unparalleled height. But to me, having talked to Ray from Corn, no, I'm not name chopping am just using it as an example, and talking to these guys, they're you can they're they're both well grounded. You know, they're they're well grounded people. And I and I think no matter what happens to you as a band, whether you end up becoming corn and you change the face of music or maybe you're unsigned for 25 years and you don't do touring because you all have families and day jobs and you just play local shows and and have a really good local fan base and maybe some people who catch on to your stuff online. Or you're a band like Unparalleled Height who has aspirations of being, you know, the 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 best metal band on the planet, you know. And you're unsigned right now and you're just trying to make a name for yourself. At the end of the day, it's all about what kind of people you are because you know. I really believe in that old quote that people will forget what you did, they'll forget what you said, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. That is the truth. I don't care if you're 21 years old, 27 years old, 37, 47, 87. People will always remember how you made them feel. They'll remember how you made them feel if you encounter them at work. They'll remember how you made them feel if you held the door open for them when you were walking into the mall and they were like 10 steps behind and it was raining out like – People remember that kind of stuff. You know, we remember the negative experiences that happen to us more often. But when you meet somebody, especially if it's somebody you've never met before and they're good to you, you remember that. You know, I, I, I remember those instances where, where people surprised me and they were they were good human beings and they were good to me. You know, um I I remember, you know, from when I was a kid just just being around my grandpa and seeing how he treated other people and seeing how that affected me as I got older, you know, that you can always be the one to extend your hand first, you know. And that's that's something that I kind of live by, which is, you know what, I'm going to encounter a lot of crappy people, you know, especially, you know, like I said, I got a part-time job in retail right now to make the, make ends meet. And I love the people that I work with. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a decent job to have while I'm trying to make this stuff kind of my full-time thing. But, you know, in retail, you meet a lot of really unhappy, miserable, um, calloused, very um, unhappy people. And it can weigh on you sometimes. But if I just kill them with kindness, that's that's really the better way to go. You know, I've worked with people over the years who don't handle things as well in terms of they let it bother them or they'll take it home with them. I'm like, you know, first of all, the chances of you seeing that person again are pretty slim, unless they're like a regular shopper at that store or whatever. But the point is just be good to people because even if they're not good to you back, at least you can walk away saying, you know what? I, I extended my hand, you know, and that's, that's one thing doing all of these interviews over the years. I mean, I've got a lot of them under my belt now. And once again, I'm not saying that to be like, Oh, look at me, but I, you know, this ain't my first rodeo, you know? Uh, I've, I've been doing, Music features and and doing interviews of you know sports you know athletes coaches you know media personnel you know when I was doing sports writing in college for our student newspaper at the University of Toledo the Independent Collegian all the way up until you know even even going back into high school when I was when I was uh, you know first getting into you know journalistic writing at our at our high school paper the Centric and doing sports writing. And then starting to do music features over four years ago now. Like I've talked to a lot of bands, and I've talked to a lot of different artists from all across the musical spectrums, from singer-songwriters to unsigned bands to national bands to bands that changed the game like Corn. I've talked to just about everybody, you know. And uh, in terms of you know stages of career, I've, I've talked to people who are at just about every level. You know, from bands doing their first interview all the way to bands who it's like, you know, I'm one of 15 they did that day. And, you know, I talked to somebody who puts me through on a conference call. And I, I remember the people who were cool. You know, I, I, you know, and, and I've been lucky that I've never really had one that was, you know, somebody that was really a jerk to me. But um, I've been pretty blessed in, in that regard. But, uh, but But you remember how people make you feel. You know, so so that's what is really cool about uh, getting the chance to talk to the dudes from Unparalleled Height is that you know, I took away from talking to Dave and CJ that they both seem like really well grounded young dudes. You know, you can tell that they've been raised right or been around the right people, and you know that that there is a a genuine love for what they do, and they seem to be really good dudes. And I'm not just saying that because they rescued a little cat named her Bubbles. You know, these guys uh, were very nice to me. They were down-to-earth guys, and, you know, you can tell that they were raised the right way. So pat on the back to whoever raised CJ and Dave, but they seem like really good dudes, and I think no matter what happens to these guys, and I do think the future is bright for them, but no matter what happens to them, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing, you know, especially in the music world because you're going to meet a lot of people. These guys have already met a lot of people. You know, they're recording their upcoming album at Atrium Audio in Lancaster, Pennsylvania with Carson Slovak and Grant McFarland, two guys who are musically inclined dudes who have been in bands, know a lot of people who have worked with a lot of great artists like August Burns, Red, Texas in July, Everclear, Live. I mean, these guys are, they're they're making connections and, and, and I think that they're going to go far not only because of their talent, but because they're good dudes. So couldn't be happier to have Dave and CJ in Unparalleled Height on this podcast because I, I just I, I really think what they've got is is unique, you know. I think it's um, especially in the heavy metal and hard rock landscape. Things are so sequestered now. There's so many subgenres and subgenres of subgenres, and and I think you know one thing that was mentioned on an episode a couple weeks back with Doc Coyle last month. You know, he talked about how how his favorite bands were just metal bands, you know, bands like Meta- Metallica and you know Pantera. You know these these were just they were metal bands. You know Machine Head is a metal band. You don't go oh they're metalcore or they're this or that. You know that they're just metal. And and I and I see that potential with with unparalleled height too. You know because they're melding all these different influences, and and I and I think that they're really trying to create something that is very much their own. So pleasure to have them on. Thank you again to Dave and CJ and Bubbles. And once again, you guys can follow these guys on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash unparalleled height. Stay up to date with everything they have going on. They successfully funded their Kickstarter campaign uh, where they raised over $4,000 for the, the Rise With Us campaign, basically, so they could, you know, get things taken care of in the studio, get a van, and get out on the road and get on tour. 98 backers pledged over four thousand dollars forty one hundred dollars to to help the project come to life and as you guys heard it, it kind of came down to the wire there within the last day and, and everybody you know wanted to be a part of it you know that wanted to be a part of it became a part of it at the end of the day and helped make the thing a reality you know so it, it's it's really cool to see that happen and to see that support, especially on an independent level once again, they bridges to nowhere EP. Came out in 2012. Rise of the Voiceless came out in 2013. I know Rise of the Voiceless is on iTunes. I'm not sure about uh, bridges to nowhere, but go to iTunes and type in Unparalleled Height to check out their music. Check them out on YouTube, twitter.com, UPH underscore official, if you want to follow them there. Sorry, I just hit my leg on my on my desk. That's what that noise was. Um, and, and these guys were really cool in terms of, of wanting to continue to get their music out there. And they said, "Absolutely, we want to give you a song to play at the end of the show." So you guys are going to hear the single "Strength Through Silence" from Rise of the Voiceless. Once again, came back out in 2013, and I'm really excited once again just to have just to have bands like this on the show. You know, it was it was positivity all the way around. I think that's just the thread today. Be good to people. I say it at the end of every show in honor of my grandpa who I was very close with, keep the faith and be kind to one another, and I mean that because it's very important in this world. At the end of the day, that's all we have is whatever it is we believe in and whoever it is that you're close to. When you put your head to the pillow, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It's who are you? What do you believe in? What do you stand for? And who do you love? You know? How do you treat other people? Because that's all that really matters at the end of the day when you leave this world and go into the next realm, wherever and whatever that is. It's how you treat people. So it was really cool to have good dudes on the show. You guys are going to hear strength through silence. And that's all I have. It's Friday. It's the best day of the week. It's the weekend. Have fun. Be safe. Be good to each other. And stay tuned on this podcast. Once again, you can check out past episodes that I'm working hard to get on YouTube. I actually – once I get done putting all this together, I got to go to the library to upload it because my internet at home is really, really slow. I mean CJ and and Dave might be too young to remember this uh, because the internet, when I was coming up, there used to be a dial tone and there used to be a green bar that would go across the screen and it would make this weird noise and you would be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for that to go. I mean I – you know. I've I'm old enough that I remember when the internet started and how slow it was at the beginning, and the internet that I have now is faster than that. But like, it's really slow still because I'm out in the boonies, I'm out in the country, and we don't have you know stuff out here to make it faster. Unfortunately, but anyway, I'm getting the old episodes up on YouTube. Uh, Kudos to everybody who's still checking out the stuff that's that's available at Balman'sBreakdown.podbean.com. But I am working hard to uh to to make those mp3 files into uh wave files so that i can get them on youtube so i have to transfer it into wave or convert it into a wave and then i have to upload it to youtube and it takes some time yada 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 but anyway you can check out past episodes on youtube just type in ballman's breakdown you will find them if you want to subscribe to my channel great and if not you just want to check them out on an individual case-by-case basis that's cool too You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Ballman. If you have music that you want to spread the word about and you listen to this podcast, shoot me a direct message. Let me know, and I will do my best to get you on the show because that's what it's all about. It's about sharing music with each other, spreading the word, spreading the love. So once again, thank you to Unparalleled Height. Thank you, CJ. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Bubbles. And now I'm going to give you strength through silence off of Rise of the Voiceless. Keep the faith and be kind to one another, everybody. Peace.